this is Marshall Davis. Today on the Tao of Christ, I continue my new series of broadcasts entitled The New Pilgrim's Progress, patterned after John Bunyan's 17th century classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. It is an allegorical pilgrimage through the landscape of 21st century American spirituality. Part 6, Megachurch. They were almost out of the countryside and coming close to civilization when religious happened to glance back at the way they had come. In the distance he noticed a figure walking behind them. They decided to wait for him. When the person got closer, religious recognized him. It's my old friend Billy Graham, he exclaimed. Billy Graham? You know the great evangelist, asked Pilgrim? Yes, he is the one who set me on the path that we are now walking. They waited for Dr. Graham to catch up to them. As soon as he was close, Billy Graham recognized Religious and greeted him warmly. This is my friend Pilgrim, Religious said. I have heard of you, responded Billy. My friend Campus Crusader told me that you had embarked on the way to the other world. You know Campus Crusader? Yes, indeed. We have similar ministries. Although my calling has been to preach to multitudes, and his has been to reach individuals, but it is the same message. It is an honor to meet you, said Pilgrim. I have watched your crusades on television and read some of your books. I especially enjoyed the one about heaven and eternal life. Thank you very much. Religious, tell me about your journey since we last met. You too, Pilgrim. The stories of all believers are interesting to me, even when I am not the one who guided them to the gate. So Religious and Pilgrim told Reverend Graham of their adventures on the way. They described for him the difficulties and temptations they faced, their failures and their recoveries. I am glad, not because you have faced trials and temptations, but because you have overcome them and are still on the path. The seed that I and my fellow evangelists sowed has taken root. You have persevered to this point. Religious thanked Reverend Graham for his encouragement and asked if he could give him some advice concerning the road ahead. Pilgrim echoed that request by nodding his head vigorously. My sons, through many dangers, toils, and snares, you have already come. But I warn you that the worst is yet to come. You have been traveling through the wilderness, which has its unique types of dangers. Soon you will come to a city, which poses worse dangers. It is filled with people who have stopped traveling the way. No one is more dangerous than a believer who has stopped short of the goal. He or she has much guilt and shame because he has resisted the Spirit by refusing to travel further. They resent those who desire to go further. They will hesitate at nothing to stop a seeker from seeking for more than they have. Their shame and fear swell into anger and hate. You have not encountered such people yet, but you will shortly. Will we survive their attacks? I am not a prophet, but I have seen enough of life to have a reliable instinct about spiritual dangers. I suspect that one, if not both, of you will die for your faith. I believe that is why the Lord has arranged our meeting here today at the outskirts of the city ahead, to give you strength and hope. Do not be afraid, be faithful unto death and you will receive the crown of life. Be assured that if you die while faithfully walking the way, you will be immediately ushered into the presence of our Lord. 
that one will avoid the hardships of the rest of the journey, which the one who survives must endure. When you come into the city, remember my words. Be of good courage. With those words, Billy Graham departed. Pilgrim and religious emerged out of the wilderness and approached the outskirts of a city named Megachurch. In that city, there was a popular church called Prosperity Gospel Ministries. The name sounded modern and the building was new, but the movement traces its roots back thousands of years. Its leaders say that it goes back to Abraham and even before that to Job. As long as there have been pilgrims traveling on the way, there has been the prosperity gospel. The advocates of these ministries saw themselves as equipping the saints for ministry by providing them with material wealth and psychological well-being. The building that housed the prosperity gospel ministries looked like a huge shopping mall or sports arena. Outside the building were huge signs bearing the image of the senior pastor. He was a middle-aged man with curly black hair and a bright white smile that reminded Pilgrim of the grin worn by the pastor of First Baptist Church. Beside the pastor stood his wife, a blonde beauty bearing equally impressive bleached incisors. Pilgrim wondered if cosmetic dentistry was a requirement for being a religious leader in this land. Pilgrim and religious walked through one of the many entrances into the building. They were immediately engulfed by a cacophony of sounds and smells. It felt more like a huge shopping mall than any church that they had ever seen. There were shops around the edges of the space, and kiosks peppered the open area. Every imaginable product and service was being sold. There were stars in your crown coffee, being served with angelic anise scones. Ice cream shops sold flavors like heavenly hash, chocolate infinity, and carnal caramel. There were bookstores with shelves displaying books by the smiling pastor. There were DVDs and audio recordings of his messages. Titles included How to Inherit the Wealth of Abraham. Jesus wants you to be rich, and you can take it with you. Study editions of the book were filled with helpful annotations and articles. There were racks of t-shirts bearing the logo of the ministry. One shirt bore the name Vanity Fair which the sales clerk explained was the name of megachurch in olden times. As they traveled through the large arena, they saw booths playing patriotic music and selling American flags. Kiosks sold every imaginable form of apparel, bearing the stars and stripes from undergarments to eyewear. On the lower shelf of one display, Pilgrim noticed sweatshirts and tees with the stars and bars. Moving on, they saw trinkets and souvenirs. They noticed a real estate office selling Christian timeshares and retirement homes in believer-only communities. There were Christian bands playing music at either end of the mall. There were booths promoting Christian camps, Christian high schools, Christian colleges, and Christian preschools. There was a store promoting a Christian exercise video. On the stage was a trio of scantily clad young women doing aerobics to the beat of the latest contemporary Christian music. 
Religious noticed that a large crowd of young men gathered at that booth. Courses in real estate flipping were promoted, as well as stock market investing. The Lord knows where the market is headed, and you can too, the barker called out to bystanders. There were Christian dating services and Christian theater troops. One crowded booth featured a video of a woman translating a sermon into sign language. Dozens of men and women were availing themselves of the free lesson, imitating the instructor, but there did not appear to be any hearing impaired persons present. One store displayed gold crosses in large glass cases. Another looked like a gun show with hundreds of handguns and automatic weapons for sale. A sign informed the buyer that a cross or your favorite scripture verse could be engraved on the stock for an additional charge. Nearby there were recruiting offices for all branches of the military. Politicians worked the crowd, shaking hands and cuddling toddlers. The travelers overheard them talk about the need for prayer in schools, outlawing abortion, and teaching intelligent design in the classroom. Pilgrim and religious continued walking through the church mall in a state of shock. Never before had they seen so many religious people who were so enthralled with the things of the world. They did not know what to do or think. Finally, religious snapped when he saw a booth selling pointed white hoods and robes embroidered with the name of his lord. He lost his cool. Roaring loudly, he overturned the table. He went to an adjacent booth selling Confederate flags, and he overturned those tables as well. To make matters worse, he proceeded to kick over a kiosk selling copies of The Myth of the Separation of Church and State, an edition of the book with a white supremacist logo on the cover. Religious shouted, My father's house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of hate. Pilgrim grabbed Religious by the arm and tried to escort him out of the building quickly, but it was too late. Shopkeepers from the neighboring booths, sensing a threat to their businesses, tackled Religious and tied his hands behind him. All Pilgrim could do was follow the crowd as they dragged his friend towards security. On the way, they mocked him. Do you see anything you would like to buy? How about this nice noose? I buy the truth, he retorted. What is truth, they responded. You have been brainwashed by the media and fake news. People mocked him as they traveled the length of the mall. Others kicked him and punched him as he passed by. Some called for his death. Meanwhile, Pilgrim was swept up in the current of the crowd, trying to keep his eyes on his friend. Finally, the crowd made it to the Prosperity Gospel Ministry's security office. The head of security took him into an interrogation room while the mob waited outside. Meanwhile, Pilgrim tried to keep a low profile. The proprietor of one of the shops saw Pilgrim and said, You are this fellow's friend, aren't you? No, not me. You must have me mistaken for someone else. I am sure I saw you in my bookstore together, said another. No, it must have been someone who looked like me. I served you food said the barista from Crispy Cross Donuts. You are both sitting at a table together. You are wrong, a curse on that heretic. I do not know him. The ferocity of Pilgrim's denial convinced his accusers, and they backed off. 
Meanwhile, Religious was in the room being interrogated. They asked him where he was from and where he was heading. They asked what he was doing at Prosperity Gospel Ministries, wearing such worn and dirty clothing. You obviously are not a follower of the way, they observed. Otherwise, the Lord would have blessed you with better clothing. Religious responded, My Lord is a friend of the poor and needy. He has no place to lay his head. Definitely not one of ours, one of the security officers snorted. They asked why you overturned the tables of the merchants. He replied, Zeal for my father's house consumed me. So you admit doing it, they asked. It is as you say. What more proof do we need? He is obviously an enemy of the gospel. String him up, another shouted. From a back room they brought out a cage big enough to hold a man. They pushed religious into it and posted a sign on it which read, Heretic and Traitor. They proceeded to carry the cage to the center of the mall, where they attached it to a cable hanging from the ceiling and hoisted it to head level. The security forces departed and left him to the mercy of the crowd. Only one officer remained to ensure they did not kill him. Religious crouched in the cage for hours while people mocked and reviled him as they walked by. They spit on him, they threw garbage and trash at him through the bars, but Religious did not return evil for evil. Like his Lord, he prayed quietly, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. All the while, Pilgrim kept a lookout from some distance away, trying to look as inconspicuous as possible. After several hours of being on display, the security guards returned. They lowered the cage, took Religious by the arms, and brought him before the elders of the Prosperity Gospel Ministries to be put on trial. The judge was none other than the pastor of the church. His name, Religious learned, was Media. The indictment against the defendant was read. Judge Media spoke. It has come to my attention that the defendant is an enemy combatant and therefore not entitled to a trial under the laws of God. But out of mercy and compassion, the court will grant him a chance to defend himself. These are the charges brought against the defendant. That he is an enemy of the state and of our Lord, a disturber of the peace, a purveyor of fake news, which he falsely calls good news, he is a disturber of the peace and of fair trade. He has destroyed property and besmirched the reputation of our church and family values. He turned to Religious and asked, How do you plead? Religious responded, I oppose only those who are opposed to my Lord and his kingdom. I admit to overturning tables. That was done in a moment of passion. I will gladly repay the vendors for any loss they have suffered. Beyond that, I admit no wrongdoing. I have harmed no one. I will not take back my words. I must speak the truth. The truth is that you have turned the house of God into a marketplace. You have rejected the law of God and followed human desires. You have replaced the love of God with slogans of hate. I condemn this ministry, which you falsely call a church. This place is no house of God. It is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. 
place erupted in shouts. You have heard him yourself. What more evidence do we need? shouted the prosecutor. Order, order, commanded the judge. We will continue with the trial. The prosecution will call its witness. Three witnesses testified. They were named Capitalism, Nationalism, and Racism. Capitalism spoke first. I know of the defendant from when I lived in the Shadowlands, before I was baptized into the way of Christian prosperity. I also heard him speaking to the crowd as he hung in the cage in our mall. I heard him say that our Lord was poor and had no place to lay his head. I heard him proclaim, Blessed are the poor, and woe to you who are rich, and sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasures in heaven. He said these were the teachings of our Lord, but as we all know, these words have been taken out of context and do not mean what they appear to mean. In fact, they mean the opposite. The courtroom erupted in cheers. It is clear to me that the defendant is opposed to our way of life. He would have us feed our enemies and thereby cause the good people of our church to starve. For the good of our economy, he must die." Nationalism was next to take the stand. I also have known the defendant from my time in the Shadowlands before I came to see the advantage of combining church and state. I heard him say that the Ten Commandments should not be displayed on public property. I also heard him say that there should not be mandatory prayer in schools. He even advocates that the name of God be taken out of our Pledge of Allegiance. Shouts of traitor and atheist filled the room. Finally, racism was sworn in. I was shopping at the business of my good friend Klansman when the defendant committed his crimes. I was an eyewitness to what he said and did today. He was envious of the quality merchandise that was being sold and purposely destroyed it. He spoke words that are so detestable that they cannot be repeated in court. But for the sake of our Aryan heritage, I must say them. He said the people of all races and colors are created equal. He said that the curse of Ham, which is taught in our holy book, is a lie. He condemned slavery, which is clearly endorsed by the book. He said it was wrong for Joshua to exterminate the Canaanites, and that King Saul should not have tried to kill all the Amalekites even though it was the direct command of God. He defended the Christ-killers, and even suggested that our Lord was of their race. In short, the defendant is an enemy of our God, our country, and our blessed economy. If he is allowed to live, then your honor will be complicit in undermining everything that we stand for. Everyone in the courtroom rose to their feet. People stomped their feet and pounded their fists, calling for an immediate end to the trial and the execution of this dangerous subversive. Finally, Judge Media got control of the courtroom. Are there any other witnesses? The prosecution said, There are more that I could call. I was going to call sexism and homophobia to the stand, but I do not want to elongate this trial. The prosecution rests. Does the defense have any witnesses, he asked. Religious looked around the courtroom. He saw a pilgrim standing in the back, with his eyes cast down, trying to hide in the crowd. No, your honor, replied religious. 
but in my own defense I will say that I stand by my words. I am no traitor or heretic. I am a faithful follower of my Lord and Savior, and I look forward to meeting my Lord in heaven this day. Then a religious face turned upward and seemed to glow with a heavenly light. I see my Lord sitting at the right hand of God. What more evidence do we need, declared the judge. I declare the defendant guilty as charged. Take him outside the ministry walls and execute him. The crowd carried religious outside the gates. They whipped him and beat him into unconsciousness. They stoned him until there was only a pile of rocks where religious had fallen. Suddenly a chariot of fire, pulled by two heavenly horses, appeared in the sky and descended to the spot where religious died. The rabble backed off in shock. The soul of religious emerged from the pile of stones and climbed aboard the chariot. He was immediately taken into heaven as a trumpet sounded. When Judge Media heard about the ascension, he declared that it never happened. Fake news. The fact is that we let this man known as religious leave peacefully. Let all news outlets proclaim the truth. As for Pilgrim, when the crowd dispersed, he was left standing by himself. He went off by himself and wept bitterly. You have been listening to The New Pilgrim's Progress. The series is available in book format under the title The Seeker's Journey, a contemporary retelling of Pilgrim's Progress at Amazon.com. You can find my podcast at thedowelchrist.com. You can find my blog at marshalldavis.us. Join me next time for another episode of The New Pilgrim's Progress on the Dow of Christ. Mm-hmm.